Well, good morning. Good morning. God is good? And all the time? See, this is really weird because there's a whole lot of people behind me right now. And I'm just like, usually it's just me up front. I'm like, well, you know. We are blessed this morning uh, to have you joining us. Keep, keep coming in. And uh, those of you at home, uh, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. And, and Isaac, if you can get all the, the ladies from Team Challenge, uh, we want to welcome you uh, who are live streaming. We know that we have people from Reading, Minnesota, Nebraska, everywhere. Arkansas, Southern California, all over the place. And so we want to uh, always want to welcome you and include you. So we're going to do something special. And, and you at home uh, get something. You're going to have all these lovely ladies. There's a camera right there. If you just want to wave at them and say good morning, right? And while they're doing that, why don't you find someone around you and just say, good morning, I'm glad you're here. Even if you don't know them, just say, I'm glad you're here. So as you can tell, uh, it, is, it is one of the Sundays that we look forward to here at the well. Uh, we have had a relationship with Teen Challenge for a number of years, and every once in a while they invite us down to do chapels, and uh, we've gotten to know uh, the staff and uh, the ladies. It's always uh, neat to see the new ladies come through, and, and we wonder about the ladies that graduated out, and uh, we are blessed, and we are looking forward to an incredible uh, Sunday together. So here's the thing, though, and I shared this with the, with the leadership team at our 8 o'clock meeting. Sometimes the way that we do church is we say, hey, Team Challenge is coming, and then we kind of go into this special service mode, and what I mean by that is we become very spectatorish. Like, they're coming, so they're going to do their thing, and we're just going to sit passively and, and applaud or, or, you know, be blessed. Here's the thing about the church. The church is made up of the redeemed, right? Those who have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus. So when you come to church, it is never a like us and them. It's always a we. It's always a we, right? And I share that with you because uh, through their music and through the testimonies that we're going to hear, God may speak to you through them rather than through me. Because we're we're all in process, we're all in this journey of faith and sanctification. And so I really want to encourage you here, and if you're at home, uh, this is not an us and them. When the church gathers, we are here in the name of Jesus as God's children. We have the privilege to do it in God's house, and he's blessed us with this. Uh, but honestly, because we're believers, there's no difference. There is honestly no difference. And they're all in journey, and you know what? So are you. They have their stuff. So do you, right? That's the great, the great equalizer in life is stuff, amen? It's just stuff, the stuff of life. And so today we get to be blessed, we get to worship together, we get to hear from the Lord, we get to enjoy a baptism and fellowship, and you can interact with the, the ladies afterwards. But it's a big we, because we are the children of God, and this is the church. So why don't you stand uh, with us, we're going to open a prayer, and then the ladies are going to lead us in an opening song. So, Father, thank you that we gather in the name of Jesus as your children, as your children. It's not the well and team challenge. It's the church. And, Father, we have all been saved by grace through faith. At some level, we are all in sanctification. I'm guessing at some level, we all messed up this week. 
Some of us are just better at hiding it than others. But there's nothing hidden from your sight. And so, Father, this morning we are thankful for your grace, thankful for your mercy, thank you for your patience, your kindness, your goodness. Thank you for the ladies of Teen Challenge and the ministry of Teen Challenge. Thank you for all the years of uh, ministering together and celebrating transformed lives, lives that can only be transformed through Jesus. So so we look forward to seeing and, and experiencing what you have for each one of us here in person and at home, those that will be watching this later. Uh, Father, we love you. And maybe, again, in the busyness of a Sunday, maybe we got up and didn't even say good morning to you. So we want to pause, quiet our hearts, and just gather ourselves and just take a few moments right now to say good morning and just uh, express our love for you. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. And collectively, we say, not our will, but your will be done. We love you. We yield. We surrender. We submit in the power of the Holy Spirit to see you do what only you can do, collectively and individually. So we give you this service for your glory. Thank you for the privilege of gathering as the church this morning. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And I did for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can't save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and His grace is free And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus Hallelujah. 
I just want to let you know from the fam- the Pagaset family wanted to thank everybody that came to the memorial for uh, the celebration of life of Pat. It was such an awesome time, and um, Kathy just said thank you, and she was extremely humbled about how much love was shown here. And that's what we are as a family. We're a family of followers of Jesus, and she just wanted to say thank you. Uh, next announcement, it has directly to deal with Teen Challenge. Um, so we, we love you guys, as you know. And once a month, and this is not open for the men, I'm sorry, but some ladies go down to Team Challenge and pray with you guys. And we need um, some more volunteers. And if you have any questions, you can contact myself, Linda, or Sue. But they say every time they go down, you guys take over the prayers. And they get so blessed. And like Pastor Richie was saying, every time we go down to do chapel for you guys, we get blessed. I mean, we just want to thank you. I mean, I wish this could spread amongst all of our congregation, how passionate you guys are following Jesus. So thank you very much. So if you're interested in praying with these wonderful ladies, please let me know. We go down once a month, and it's usually at 11 o'clock during the weekdays. Thank you. Hmm? Oh, sorry. We don't want this to be a disruptive service, and I forgot to just dismiss the kids. So Kingdom Kids, what time is it? Come on, somebody yell out. Kingdom kids. Okay. Good morning. Uh, We have a few photos from yesterday. We went to the Ojai Valley Meadows next to Nordoff. There was a small group of us that went. Um, but it was worthwhile. It was a beautiful day. We served our community. We connected with people there from the Ojai Valley Land Conservancy. They were very appreciative of us being there. Um, so it was just a great way to uh, be outdoors, uh, to serve our community, and to love our neighbors. So thank you for those who came. It was a great time out there. So I did want to just remind the women again. Um, And you all are welcome to come next Saturday night. We're having a worship.
time, a worship evening just for the women. It's going to be a little more intimate and relaxed and hopefully a little freer uh, just for the women to get together and sing and pray. It's not going to be weird. It's not going to be crazy. It's just going to be the women, though. And so we'll kind of try this for our church here and see how it goes. But last week, um, I wrote in my notes that Richie had talked about that the Lord delights in us. So this is a time for us to come and delight in him. So I hope you all can come. Thank you. So just a few other announcements. Um, the well is providing 20 lunches for help of Ojai on May 8th. They're going to be made on May 7th. If you would like to help make them or bring ingredients and all that kind of stuff, there's a sign up out on the welcome cart and Cindy Mullins is leading that up and you can contact Cindy or put your name out on that welcome cart. Uh, the welcome card. Um, I want to talk about Mexico. We're having a big barbecue next uh, Sunday right after church. Um, it's to raise money for the trip that we have coming up in uh, June. We have 25 people going down. We're going to build two houses down there. And it's really um, an amazing ministry. But I want to talk to you a little bit about youth with a mission. And frankly, why do we go and what is the need down there? Um, this is just some data. Uh, you know, Richie talked about when he introduced and talked to us about why, what we're doing here today, that ladies, you guys have stuff in your life. Church, we're all the church, but we all have stuff in our lives. And folks, the folks that we go down, the families that we go down and build homes for, honestly, they have stuff in their lives and they have circumstances that are circumstances that frankly most of us simply can't relate to. So the need gets down to a child without a home is three times more likely not to attend school. Children without adequate shelter suffer more from anxiety, depression, withdrawal, and other mental health problems. 25% of Mexicans are classified as extremely poor and unable to afford adequate food or housing. 45% of the entire Mexican population lives below the poverty line. The things that happen when we go down, you're looking at some pictures of just the circumstances that the families that we are going down to build for live in before we go down and build homes for them. The five things that us building a home for these families does one is that a debt-free home helps, helps a family leverage out of poverty, and it's estimated that it sets them ahead economically seven to ten years in their lives. Children who come back to a home at the end of a day that their parents own are three times more likely to stay in the school and get an education. A home simply with a solid floor, a cement floor, reduces parasitic infections by 78%, it reduces diarrhea by 50%, and it dramatically improves the cognitive development of children. Home ownership produces healthy long-term thinking in the life of a family, helping to break the cycle of poverty in one generation. And lastly, and most importantly, the gift of a home that costs them nothing on land that they own is a practical demonstration of God's love 
to an impoverished family. That's why we go do what we do. And we need you. We need you. Uh, we have a lot of you going. Uh, we need you to be praying. And we need you, frankly, to give. And that's what the barbecue is about next week. So we really encourage you to join up. Um, I've got the sign-up sheet right here. I'm going to put it back out on the, uh, on the uh, welcome cart. We've got one page full. We've got a second page started. We've got a third empty page behind this. I would love to see every name sitting here. And ladies, I guess you probably can't come, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody else in this room, I want to see your name on here. So I'll put it back out there. And thanks for, uh, for joining in and helping us with that. Two other quick announcements. We, are, we have the joy of having a baptism right after service, like literally right after service. So we invite you to join us out on the patio. All of the refreshments and everything is going to be out there. And we also have an awful lot of opportunity to interact with the ladies of Teen Challenge. They have a lot of really wonderful items that are for sale in supporting their ministry. So after service, everybody needs to head out to the patio for a baptism immediately and to enjoy our time with our sisters in Christ. So um, with that, Richie. Great. As the ladies, as the ladies come back up, uh, I want to uh, just kind of introduce, uh, Rosie, come on over. Um, I know that many of you are familiar with Teen Challenge, and yet I don't want to assume uh, that just because we've been connected with them for years that you're even familiar with them. In fact, uh, I think some of my family members uh, didn't even know, you know, we've lived here 20 years and we've driven past your facility down there hidden behind the hill. And it's like, I never knew that they were just right there. And so uh, this is Teen Challenge and this is Rosie. And we, like I said at the beginning of service, we have had a wonderful relationship with them over the years. And kind of to piggyback off of what Mark was sharing about youth with a mission and homes of hope, you know, God is a big God. And he is doing things all around the world, uh, internationally, and then all the way down to our own backyard. And the reason we bring Teen Challenge in and the reason we go to Mexico and really reason that we want to kind of expose you as the church uh, to all that God is doing is so that you can seek the Lord. And you can get involved, whether going to build a home or prayer or financial uh, support. There's so many ways that you can participate in God's kingdom. And quite honestly, sometimes the way we do church in, in the United States is it just becomes about our little kingdom. You know, all, about the well and at 1290 grand and all the things that God's doing here. Well, we celebrate that. We really do. But we also are humble enough to recognize that we're just a dot on the wall in God's big kingdom. Amen? Right? And so that's why we, we really celebrate when Team Challenge can come, because we want you to see what God's doing in our own backyard and how you can honestly, sacrificially participate, even if it's sacrificially getting in your car to go pray, right? And, and sometimes when God calls us to serve, it requires a change. It requires us to adjust our priorities, adjust our schedules. Why? For the greater kingdom right, to impact lives. And so uh, we're here not just to um, be blessed by them, but to celebrate God's kingdom work, whether it's in Mexico, uh, Teen Challenge, or just here weekly at the well. Uh, it's the big we. And so Rosie, you know, why don't you introduce your girls and then tell us about Teen Challenge. Thank you so much. Yeah, Teen Challenge is a very fruitful ministry because there's a big need. Um, there's a lot of drug addiction everywhere. It's now spreaded everywhere. Uh, it's legal 
on some stuff here that they have no idea what door they open for that. Um, but we're here. Uh, just to let you know, I'm going to Romania next week to Teen Challenge Romania and taking some teams in there to help them. Uh, Teen Challenge has an international program all over the world. And listen, God hears the cries of people in every pit they're in. He does. And these ladies, we, we really can't take the credit in Teen Challenge for, for these guys because we didn't save them. Jesus saved them. They cried out to God, and he, he rescued them. Amen, ladies? Didn't he do that? Yeah. And it is, it's an absolute miracle to see. The Bible says you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that's what Pastor does for all of you. And he helps us continue to be reminded. How many knows that how easy it is to forget Forget what you're thinking. You know, you can go into depression in a minute, right? And this, these are rough days. These are rough days. I've never seen anything like it. But uh, they'll cry out to God. We take them one year, and um, they fast life for one year. One year. They read the Bible for one year. <laughs> Every day, all day long, right? <laughs> yeah. Take away the cell phones and all the stuff that would distract them. And, and we take them in at no cost to them. A lot of teen challenges in the United States are charging because they can't afford it. But we just decided to trust God. And uh, these ladies, I don't know any drug addicts that have a great bank account. Do you? (laughs) I mean, they just don't save money. Um, Right, ladies? Right? Yeah. We don't take insurance because we're not a drug rehab. It's kind of funny. They, you know, say, oh, teen challenges, drug rehab. Yeah, come on in. We'll tell you what we really are. We are not a drug rehab. We are a Christian life school. That's what we are. Amen. And uh, the, the Bible is the medicine. It is the medicine and the Holy Spirit is the avenue that we use to get lives changed. And so thank you so much for this part. And yeah, we're all in this together. Everybody, we're, there's only one body. We're just part of one body. Amen. Um, but we have a Bible school these girls go to for a year. And then after a year, they go work in our ministry. We just opened up a reentry home. Somebody donated a reentry home in Orange County. Can you believe that? For a dollar a year. A dollar a year. And we have this big home and we can take seven people in there. And um, so we're, we're going to get some staff in there. And these girls are going to interview when they're done with the program. I don't know if you guys knew about that. You probably, I'm sure you know everything that's going on. Yeah. So uh, they'll be able to go to our Bible college and then also go there to, to get a job, get their kids back. Isn't that amazing how God's just doing full circle? So we are so blessed by that. But um, so I'm going to turn this over to Brittany. Um, Brittany, uh, Brittany, Ryan, Colleen. Carolyn, Carolyn, stand up for a minute. Carolyn is finished the program. She, she's in our Bible college. She came back to do her third semester with us, and we're sending her back tomorrow to finish her school. So she's one of our graduates. Colleen, stand. Colleen's been with us for a long time. She's our kitchen manager. She teaches these girls how to cook. Ryan, stand up. Ryan is our new baby. She graduated from our school. Yeah, see, we get all of our staff out of Teen Challenge. All of you guys, we're going to be finding you when you're done. Amen. And Brittany's been with us for a while. And she, 
I remember when she was in the program and she would sit out in my office and sing. I go, who's that singing? Is that a record out there? What's going on? A record, you know. Yeah, record. Yeah, record. <laughs> <Yes>. A vinyl. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so I actually have video of you from then. And I go, hey, you can sing. She goes, oh, okay. Well, so anyway, she's in charge of our, our choir. We have also um, a ministry called TC We, where we are actually cutting record, records. <laughs> Anyway, CDs or whatever they are. I don't know. They're just in the air. But uh, so she's on that. And we're doing some amazing music ministry out there and uh, going all over. People are asking us to come over. Might want to do something in Ojai sometime really big time with our group from Southern California Teen Challenge. I mean, they are good. I'm just prejudiced. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to turn this over to Brittany. We're going to sing some songs. You're going to hear some stories. And thank you again, Pastor, for having us. Yeah. All right. We're going to start with our first record. It's called Worth, and we hope that uh, it ministers to your heart and that you enjoy it. (laughs) You thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed your life So I could be free So I could be whole So I can tell everyone I know Give you glory. 
selfish this is this is my story what I did for you in your life to glorify you so let's do this I guess um, so um, I came from um, a really broken home I lost both of my parents at a young age to their addictions and so um, I grew up with different family members kind of always running to different people in my family because I just never wanted to feel like um, I was stuck somewhere so I just kept running, and I, I moved around a lot. And um, Or people would tell me, like, oh, we don't want you anymore. You have to go to the next house. And so um, when I was 15 years old, my brother and my sister-in-law, they took me in. And uh, my sister-in-law, like, showed me love, and they're really big uh, believers of God. And um, I just pushed them away. I was very resistant to it because I wasn't – I didn't know how to feel that love, and I didn't want it because I never had had it. And um, I didn't feel worthy of it. So I just ran away, and I turned to the wrong friends. I was um, different guys trying to find out who I was because I didn't know who I was growing up. And um, so it caused me to try to find that in different relationships. Um, I had my first son. I wasn't ready. And um, my 
Kids' dad um, was really uh, just a really bad guy. He was in his addiction. He was really abusive. He was uh, just, I, that's what I thought I was worth. And so um, I just ended up leaving that and then um, just hanging around the wrong crowd. I felt like these people, they were telling me they loved me and that um, I was welcome with them. And uh, then the addiction started. Then the drinking started and then the drugs. And I felt like I was with my people that I belonged to. And um, then uh, one day it got, it was just a lot. It was just after one thing after another kept happening. And I stepped away from those people and I just broke down and I was like, this is the life that killed my parents. I don't want this for my children. I was ignoring them. I didn't see any of my family. I burned like all my bridges. Thank God my, my family has my kids. But I was just like, this, is, this isn't what I want for my life. I want my kids to grow up with a mom. And um, called my sister and then um, they told me about Teen Challenge. I was like, no way. <laughs> no way, I'm not going for a year. And then my brother, he was like, we want this for you. Like, we want this for you, and you need to know this love. And um, so I came into Teen Challenge, and um, I was a runner at the beginning. I really wanted to leave, like, every day. And then um, I finally surrendered to God, and I, he grabbed a hold of my heart, and I, and I just broke down, and I surrendered that brokenness, the loneliness, the the self-worth that I thought that I was worth. I know who I am in Christ now. And I'm not saying, oh, Teen Challenge saved me, but this has been a vessel that has been shown me what the love that I do deserve and um, preparing me to be the mother that I can be to my children when I get out of here. And the friendships that I've created here are friendships that um, I'm going to need for the rest of my life to make it out there. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Oh, you brought your kitchen away. Good job. You got this. What? <laughs> you got this. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, hold on one second, because <laughs> you did. I prayed. I prayed. Okay, I prayed in the van on the way here because I was, like, not prepared for this. I'm hot and sweaty. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Christina. Um, I'm 31 years old. And thanks, guys. Okay, hold on. I don't know. What's the story? Who am I? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit lead this one. Um, I come from a family of a lot of brokenness. Um, a lot of rejection, a lot of abandonment. Uh, I grew up in a home without parents, really. Both of my parents were alcoholics and drug addicts. And so for a lot of the years, it was uh, me and my three older siblings um, without any parents in the home, kind of raising ourselves from six, ages 6 to 11. And um, so we didn't have structure, really. And as we got older and we were kind of pulled away from that environment and placed in different homes, um, I'm sorry, one second, I'm just trying to, okay. So we were uh, just placed in different homes throughout our lives. By the time I turned 15, I discovered um, 
boys and drinking, and I kind of started a whole 16-year-long relationship with both of those things, and I got really lost in it, um, as you do when you are serving alcohol and serving the world, and I just completely lost myself. Um, By last year, I got my third DUI, and when I was sitting in the jail cell, I was crying out to God because I was like, oh my gosh, like, where am I in my life? I was looking back at all of the things that I've done, what my life has become, and where I was, and I just heard God say, like, I'm going to deliver you from this situation, and I'm going to help you through this situation, because this is life or death now, and he was just telling me that the next time it was either me that was going to end up dead, or I was going to end up killing somebody else and going to jail for the rest of my life, and so I cried out to God and I was like, I need to figure out something. And I got together with my family and they're like, what are you going to do? And I knew that I had to look into a rehab program and I didn't know about Teen Challenge. I had gone to a church with my aunt and it just so happened that the woman and God's so funny the way he works is because he really kind of orchestrates everything. And so he, (laughs) he introduced me to a woman whose husband graduated through Teen Challenge. And the longer that I'm in this program, this ministry, I realize how big it is. And, and we're just kind of plugged into all different communities. And they just, I just got straight into Teen Challenge. I had no idea that it, what it was. It was like a year-long faith-based Christian program. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, you want me to like surrender my life to Jesus? Who is that? You know? So um, anyway, he's so good and he loves me so much because he placed me here and he saved my life and he um, is restoring my family. He's renewing my mind. Um, I came in here just like a absolute mess, like spazzing out anxiety, like having a hard time, probably withdrawing from alcohol really bad, Um, all kinds of not good stuff. And so um, anyway, this program is such a blessing. This ministry has just given back so much to me, um, given me, God has given me a new chance at life. Um, I still have, you know, like I have a future, you know, to look forward to um, with my family. And uh, so anyway, thank you so much for having us here today. It's um, a blessing to be here and to be able to sing songs for you. And uh, we love you, Jesus. You're the boy. (laughs) She did amazing, huh? Right? We're going to go ahead with our second song. It's called Someone's Praying. Um, And I always say this is the girl's anthem song because they believe this song with their whole heart, everything that they have. And uh, we just, we hope that you enjoy this. Don't you know the mountains can be moved? 
raised in a crazy home. <laughs> I was raised with a mother who was a prayer warrior and a father that was a horrible, abusive alcoholic. <laughs> so I had two complete op opposite sides of the spectrum. So I'm alive today because of a praying mother. <laughs> Yeah. So that's why this um, yeah. song is so powerful. <laughs> um, God is so good. I believe that God allows us to go through certain situations and certain things, sometimes even tragedies, um, to bring us to where he wants us to be. Um, my mother, bless her heart, um, <laughs> When she called me and told me that I was coming to Teen Challenge, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> my brother drove from Oklahoma to New Mexico, picked me up. My brother's wonderful and brought me to Bakersfield, California, where I was raised. And um, I spent two days and then found myself at uh, Kern County Teen Challenge in Oildale, California. Um, so uh, long story short, I... Went the path of uh, God had, I've had a call in my life since I was a young child, and I'm a runner. <laughs> so alcohol was just, you know, it was easy. Dad was an alcoholic, and I knew it. So, you know, when you're running, you run to what's familiar, and that was familiar. So um, uh, at the age of 26, I got into alcohol pretty hard. Um, uh, my mom... I was in Oklahoma, and my mom came out, and she rescued me and brought me back home, and I wasn't done running. <laughs> so uh, I wound up um, meeting my ex-husband, and I got pregnant. I wasn't anticipating getting married, but, you know, I was a Christian girl. That's what Christian girls do. They get married, you know. Um, I had twins. Uh, my twins will actually be 16 uh, next Sunday. Um, I... Got divorced in 2020, and um, I just fell off the deep end, you know. Um, that wasn't supposed to happen, <laughs> but it did. And uh, I got a DWI last March. It's been over a year now, and that was God's way of saving my life. And um, so I'm here now, and God is good. And he's, he's the same God I knew back then. I knew who he was, and I knew that there, he was, there was power in his name, and I knew that he was there to save. I just had to, you know, be me and be stubborn. So um, I feel that call in my life greater than ever now, and um, I am going to go all the way through TCMI, and um, I'm going to... 
And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into those shoes of ministry that God called me to do whenever I was 10 years old. And I'm going to do it now. So um, thank you, everyone here. There's an amazing group of women here that without them and without the staff and without praying mothers, um, so many of us wouldn't be here today. So thank you so much. God bless each and every one of you. My name's Deja. I'm 27 years old. Um, I was in a 15-year addiction since I was 12 years old. Um, I just grew up in a very dysfunctional family where um, I didn't. Both my parents were suffered from addiction as well. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, uh, do I don't even know where to go. Uh, just I struggled with a 15-year addiction, and I was. I thought I was functioning for the most part, up until four years ago, five years ago, um, when my sister passed away on my birthday. Um, she died of a drug overdose as well. And so um, after she passed away, I just, I lost myself. I lost my career. I lost my relationship because I was so far into drugs and alcohol. Um, I had to give my children, I have three daughters, um, I had to give them to their dad. And um so I just went on this spiral for four years, and I came out here to um, Teen Challenge from Oklahoma um, in August of last year. Um, but prior to coming to Teen Challenge, what led me here was I was so broken, and um, I had relapsed after being sober for six months, and um, I was just, the enemy told me all these lies that I was just never going to change, and I was like my parents, so I tried to take my life, and in the middle of trying to take my life, um, all the chaos in my head and the enemy, I heard God tell me that um, I still had a purpose here, and my kids needed me, and I stopped the suicide attempt, and um, he got me out here to Teen Challenge within a month from Oklahoma, and I've been here ever since, and... Um, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so nervous. Um, but um, since I've been in Teen Challenge, I've found my identity in Christ. I know who I am. Um, he's delivered me from bipolar disorder, anxiety. Um, he's um, just restored my mind, my relationships. And um, I will be graduating in October. And um, I got restoration with my children. Um, and... I'm just so thankful for this program and my sisters here, and just thank you. Hi, guys. Um, my name's Michelle. Um, I don't want to stop without saying like how grateful I am to the Lord. Not everybody gets to take an entire year off their life that they made a mess of, that he cared that much, that he let us come to Teen Challenge to sit at his feet 24 hours a day for a year. So it's a huge blessing when you think about how many people struggle with addiction and that there's only this many of us here in Southern California. It's pretty awesome. Um, I went through Teen Challenge actually in 2009, and I graduated in 2010. And when I came through the doors, I had lost absolutely everything. Best thing that ever happened to me. 
I had lost my children, my marriage, my sanity. I was in and out of psychiatric hospitals. Um, when I came to the doors, I didn't know the Lord. My first prayer was, Jesus, how do I pray? And the Bible looked like Chinese. And I was just, people were talking in a crazy language. And I was like, where did I just end up? <laughs> um, but, you know, I will forever be grateful to the Lord um, because he was the only thing that I had to reach a hold of. And so I grabbed a hold of him with everything that I was. And in that place, I discovered that he is absolutely more than enough. That the whole world could crash down around me and he was more than enough. Um, I don't ever want to forget also that in any time of my life, that if I can just come back to his love or if I can just come to back to, the, to his character, the fact that God is always good, he's always faithful, and that the gifts and callings on our lives are irrevocable, that was the place that I came to when I came back through the doors um, September of last year. I had been in and out of detox facilities for drinking, I think they said 29 times. And I remember the nurse looking at me and saying, Michelle, there's times you've walked through the door here, and I did not think you were going to make it. Um, but he never, um, he never let go of me. You know, he decided that I was that important to him. I meant that much to him. And really, he meant that much to me that he brought me back, and I knew who to call and where to go. And so I came back through the doors of Teen Challenge, and he, the first thing he told me was, forget the former things. Do not dwell on them. See, I am doing a new thing. Watch it spring forth. And I'll tell you what, um, it's the same program, but, and he's the same God, but it's not. It's a whole new experience. Um, I had said this before, but the coolest thing about God is when you fall and you turn back around, it's not like he's like, okay, you got to start over or let's start where you left off. He takes you even higher than where you left off and you get to go from there. So it's so cool. He does make everything new. Um, so this has just been the pursuit of a lifetime. So I am so lucky to be back here um, chasing God with all that I am. Um, I don't know where he's taken me, but I know that it all flows from intimacy with him. So as long as I stay close to him, the rest of it will just take care of itself. So I thank you very much for having us. Amen. Well, with that being said, we're going to finish our last song. We encourage you to stand with us, worship with us, and we hope that you enjoy this.
But how many of you are thankful you came today, huh? Right? Thank you, ladies. What a great blessing. Isn't God good? All right. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to continue the celebration in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful uh, baptism where we get to celebrate, and uh, there's tables set up out, outside in the uh, basketball court. I encourage you to come on out and, and uh, chat with the ladies, and they have succulents and wonderful pictures of transformation uh, out on the courtyard. And and as I was thinking about this Sunday and, and, you know, leading into what we're about to do after service and uh, before communion, I thought, well, Lord, what should we do? Because if, you, if you're new here, if you're visiting today, we've been going through the gospel of Mark. And it's a wonderful gospel. It's a gospel of action. And we've actually uh, gotten through Mark 1, 1 through 11. And last week, we talked about Jesus' baptism, Right, and, and I thought, you know what, let's, let's circle back, because I think what we looked at in Mark 1 through 11 really, really can almost, you know, put an exclamation point on what we've heard so far uh, this morning, and then what we get to celebrate after service. Uh, in fact, in Mark 1, 1, the gospel begins with this, it says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if you remember when we, when we started uh, the book, the word gospel means what? Good news. How many of you have heard some good news today? Right? Good news. It's good news. The gospel is good news. And if you, you know, uh, keep up with the news on social media or the networks, you know, you know that there's not a lot of good news today. Whether it's the economy, whether it's uh, military conflict, the political realm, uh, substance abuse issues, right? If you turn it on for any length of time, it just can suck the life out of you because it just seems like life is full of bad news, right? And yet Mark says, you know what? This is the beginning of good news. And this good news is coming in the form of Jesus, the Messiah, who's the son of God, right? In fact, Jesus says this in Mark 10, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How many of you this morning are praising Jesus that he gave his life as a ransom for you? Isn't that crazy? The Bible says God demonstrates his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How valuable are you at your very worst? God demonstrates how lovable you still were in his eyes. Right, that he would send Jesus while you were yet a sinner, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for us, right? And that's good news. And the good news is that we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, right? It's this unmerited favor, this, this moment in time where we understand God's grace, God's love, why he sent Jesus, Jesus' death, resurrection, everything. And suddenly we're overwhelmed by God's grace. And what do we do? We simply rest in his finished work. We put our faith in Jesus and we say, thank you. Thank you, right? And so we looked at uh, last week Jesus' baptism and the significance of Jesus' baptism for us in 2023. And in Mark, 8, uh, Mark 1, 8 to 11, he says this, I have baptized you with water. This is John the Baptist speaking. He says, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And then when he came up out of the water, immediately saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. 
And the voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased, right? And so last Sunday, we asked the question, well, why did Jesus have to be baptized? Right? John the Baptist came, and we know that he was preaching a message of repentance and confession, and so people responded to that, and John the Baptist baptized people. That's why he was calling John the Baptist. But why did Jesus get baptized? We looked at that last Sunday, right? Jesus didn't commit any sin. He didn't have to repent of anything. Why did Jesus get baptized, right? And we saw last Sunday that one of the reasons was this word identification. Jesus, in the physical act of being baptized, it wasn't an issue of sin or repentance. What he was conveying to us was, you know what? I'm identifying with you in your humanness. I'm identifying with you in your humanness, right? Hebrews 4 says this, for we do not have a high priest. Now, this is in the amplified version. If you're not familiar with the amplified version of the Bible, it tends to flesh things out, okay? And it's a wonderful version, but it's not kind of easy reading at times, right? But it's wonderful. So I'm going to read Hebrews 4, 15 to 16. It's called the amplified version, but really understand what it means that Jesus gets us. Jesus gets you, right? Check this out. For we do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Therefore, let us, with privilege, approach the throne of grace, that is, the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. How many of you can, are, are floored, can, can really just be blessed and overwhelmed by the fact that Jesus understands? Right? And we said last Sunday, isn't it incredible when you're going through something that all you want is someone who just gets it? You don't need a lecture. You don't need someone to tell you what you should have done and, you know, how dumb you were and, and how could you and come on, right? What you really want is someone who's going to just sit there and go, I understand. I get it. I, I really get it. How many have ever been in a moment with someone who, who just didn't say a whole lot, but you knew you connected because they were just doing their best to understand and get you, right? And how healing that was just in that moment, how comforting that was, how encouraging that was. Jesus gets us. He gets us, right? And, and, and not only does he get us, it says in, in verse 16, because we're in Christ, we can come to the throne of grace, to find mercy and grace in our time of need. It's amazing. Jesus gets us. So I told I last Sunday, I said, when you come to Jesus and you're hurting and you blew it again and you're, you know, you're in the valley, you don't get this, you get this. Isn't that great? He's not pointing a finger. He's putting your arm, his arm around you. And then it says, because of your faith, because of who you are in Christ, you can come to the throne of grace when you've blown it. And Father doesn't do this, you again, <laughs> Brittany, again, how many times we got to deal with this, right? No, you have the privilege to come to the throne of Father, and what does it say? You find grace and mercy in your time of need, not guilt and condemnation, 
grace and mercy, right? And so in just a little bit, we're going to go out there and we're going to celebrate Reagan's baptism. And when we baptize here, yes. And so what Reagan is doing, and we talked about this last Sunday, baptism isn't, doesn't save him. What he's doing is his, it's a celebration. It's kind of a proclamation to the world that he has already put his faith in Jesus. And he, as a follower of Jesus, is identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That's why we immerse, right? So the crazy thing in celebration, and as it relates to Mark 1, is Jesus came to identify with us. And we get to celebrate Reagan identifying with Jesus. It's, it's amazing, right? And, and so that's why we love baptisms around here. Because God is alive. And he's moving. And sometimes, again, I shared last Sunday, you know, sometimes the way we do church is we try to put it on the calendar and we try to program things. And, and I think sometimes we program God out of being God. Yeah. I'm sorry, God, we can't do baptisms because that's not till the third quarter. You know, it's like, how crazy is that, right? Isn't that kind of crazy? It's like, so we said last Sunday, and this was unknown to us. We're like, hey, if you want to be baptized, let us know and we'll make it happen. Five minutes later, he comes up after church. I want to be baptized. Okay, we'll make it happen. We'll fire it up and we'll do it next Sunday. Because when the spirit moves, you got to respond. Right? You, you got to respond. And sometimes that means you break the rules and traditions and how it's usually done. Right? It's new wineskins. Sometimes you got to just let God be God. And, and just because it gives him glory. And we don't try to box him into how we do church here, right? God is God. And so we get to celebrate that. And then uh, the, the other part that we, we looked at, when Jesus came up out of the, out of the water, right? You remember, it, this miracle happens. The heavens are torn open. Somehow or another, the spirit descends like a dove. There's this visual miracle. And then there's this auditory miracle, right? And a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Now imagine that. Jesus gets baptized. John the Baptist pulls him up. Boom. Something happens. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness. Look at that. Right? And there's doves coming out. Spirit. And suddenly this voice. You are my son. With you, I am well pleased. Imagine what that would have done for Jesus. You heard the man. <laughs> right? Because... Part of the, it wasn't just identification. The other I word last Sunday was inauguration. It was like kicking off his ministry, right? So Jesus gets baptized as a way to inaugurate his official ministry. And so there was this supernatural miracle that everyone saw. And then there was this supernatural affirmation and approval from dad. Right? And we talked about what that must have done for Jesus in his, the human component of Jesus. To hear his dad in front of everybody say, that's my boy. I am well pleased. What? What must that have done to Right? And we're talking about us as humans, what it means to have approval, affirmation. And as believers, where do we get it? We get that from Christ, being in Christ. And I shared with you, I brought it back. I've done this, shared this tool over all the years I've been in ministry. And, and these, these four truths in Christ, right? In Christ, we are complete, loved, accepted, and pleasing, right? What is that? We clap, right? Now, 
I got to tell you, ladies here, we, you probably have like used up all of our claps for the year because we never clapped this much ever, right? That's why some of us were having a hard time staying on beat because we just like, you know, we, we try to stay on beat with the Saturn, but sometimes we have to stay on beat by looking at someone just to kind of like, I hope you're on beat because I'm watching you. So there's a whole lot of clapping that's gone on. And as believers, we have a reason to clap. In Christ, I am complete. And once say complete. complete. I am loved. loved. I am accepted. accepted. I am pleasing. pleasing. Right? And I've shared this with you in, in years of ministry and, and in, in just growing in my faith and then stepping into the pastor and having to preach and do things. There's been times when I've been really nervous. You have to go speak. And, you have to, and there's times when, you know what I do? I'll clap. Before I go up, or when I'm praying, or when I have to go into a heavy counseling or an unpleasant meeting or something like that, right? Sometimes or I go do a visitation, and I don't know what I'm walking into at the hospital, right? I get, in the humans, I'm nervous. Lord, I don't know what I'm walking into. Give me, you're going to have to give me words. And then I'll do this. Richie, you are complete. You are loved. You are accepted. You're pleasing. Just go. It's going to be okay, Right? And if I get really nervous, I do this, <laughs> you know, because I'm like. And then when it's done, sometimes, you ever been in a situation where you felt like you really blew it, like you said the wrong thing, and it didn't go really well, and you're like, you want a big do-over, right? Well, sometimes, you know, there's been moments where I preach, or I've been somewhere in a conversation, and you're just like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Anyone? I can't believe I did that. Oh, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, right? So on the front end, I'll clap to kind of calm me down. And then on the, on the back end, if it didn't go well, you know what I'll do? I'll clap also. Because even though I blew it, I'm still complete loved, accepted, and pleasing. And I can pick myself up. I can learn from it. But I don't have to live in guilt and condemnation and regret. I can remind it of the biblical truth, the core truth, that I am complete, loved, accepted, and pleasing on both ends. And that keeps you rooted and grounded, right? And so uh, just for a little bit, I want to expand a little bit. Complete, Colossians 2.10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. That completeness means whole. When you come to faith in Christ, you are spiritually whole, and why is that important? Because we live in a world that is constantly telling you you're lacking, you're inadequate, you're missing something, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not, you know, you don't make enough money, you don't live in the right, right? You're not whole. And so the devil and the world offers plenty of fake idols and counterfeits, right? And so along comes Colossians 2.10, he says, hey, you know what? When you put your faith in Jesus, you are whole. You don't need anything else spiritually. In fact, look at 2 Peter 1.3. By his divine power, God has given us everything. Everyone say everything. everything. Everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. You've given, he's been, you're complete. You have everything you need to live a godly life. You are whole. And that's part of the sanctification process is learning your identity in Christ, 
you're complete, loved, accepted, and pleasing, and living your life out of that wholeness. Because even when you ladies finish the program, you're going to go back into the world, and you're going to go back into the world that's going to just start telling you how lacking you are, how inadequate you are, how insufficient you are. And your biggest test is going to say, sorry, I'm complete. I'm complete. I don't need what I used to think that I need to fill the void. In Jesus, I am complete. Right? He's given me everything I need. He's given me everything I need. In fact, Philippians 2.12, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, right? Remember John the Baptist says, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. We saw last Sunday, when you put your faith in Jesus, God the Holy Spirit comes inside you. You are empowered at the moment of salvation with the third person of the Trinity to enable you to live a godly life. And when you and I choose to live a godly life in the power of the Holy Spirit, who gets the glory? God. That's what it's about. That's what it's about, right? So we're complete. We're loved. Ephesians 5. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We're accepted. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. Again, we live in a culture where, where all these obstacles and all these things are put in front of us to try to see if you, you measure up, right? Will you accept me? Oh, sure, just come do this. We're all looking to belong. We all want to fit in. Well, the crazy news is, the crazy good news is, in Christ, God accepts you. You're accepted. You're in. Isn't that crazy? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're in. You're in. Right? You're in. And, and we talked last, last Sunday, right, this idea of God's approval. So the question for the church is, do you live your Christian faith enjoying God's approval or still trying to earn God's approval? Radical difference. Are you living your Christianity? Are you following Jesus out of an enjoyment of God's approval? Or are you still trying to, okay, I really got to show God that he didn't make a mistake by letting me in. Right? Are you still doubting and still trying to earn God's approval? Right? I've shared with you before, if, uh, if I gave Brittany a gift, or let's say Brittany gives me a gift, right? Just because she likes me, whatever, right? Gives me a gift for my birthday, right? And I'm like, cool, a gift. And in my mind, if I start thinking, well, now I got to get her something. (laughs) Thank you, Gigi. Because here's the thing. If Brittany gives me a gift and right away I think a payback, I just, it's no longer a gift, is it? Now it's a debt. See, a lot of us live our Christian life trying to pay back God's gift. He's like, it's a gift. Enjoy it. Quit trying to pay it back. You can't. 
You couldn't, you, you received it by faith, live by faith in the enjoyment of my approval. Just do that and watch what happens to your life. But if you're suddenly like, oh, I'm saved by grace through faith. Now I got to pay God back. That's, that ruins your joy. That ruins it. Now it's duty and drudgery. And the question is, when is enough enough? When, when are you going to call it good? See, God called it good when he raised Jesus from the dead. We talked about that on Easter. The resurrection of the dead meant that the payment was received and accepted, right? So if you have been saved by grace and if you have received the gift of salvation, enjoy the gift. Now live your life out of joy and out of celebration of having received the gift, but it's a fine line to turn it into a debt. Get it? Okay, real important because you are complete, loved, accepted, and P, you're pleasing. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? That word justified, I've shared with you before. It's a legal declaration. God, the judge, puts on his judge hat, and he makes a declaration. When you put your faith in Jesus, he says this, justified. What does that mean? Not guilty, fully righteous. Okay? So people think when you come to Jesus and your sins are forgiven, then you just become like morally neutral. That's not true. You don't just get a blank slate. Okay? When you're justified, you are declared not guilty. All your sins are forgiven, right? And then you are declared fully righteous, which means now he sees you clothed in the righteousness of his son. I'm going to let that settle for a little bit. Because you guys look in the mirror and you see yourself clothed in all your mess ups, clothed in all your failures, clothed in all the shoulda, woulda, couldas, and regrets. Father sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And he says, I couldn't be more pleased with you. Positionally, he's pleased with you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he likes you. (laughs) Right? He actually likes you. He's pleased with you, right? You ever been in your relationship with like somebody and you're like, I love you, but I don't like you right now. I don't like you right now. I love you, but I don't like you right now. Right? Well, here's the crazy thing. In Christ, you are justified, declared not guilty, fully righteous in the righteousness of Christ. God loves you and he likes you. You are complete, loved, accepted, and pleasing 24-7. Right? So here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. This, this, the, you know, I, it's so funny. Like I, I shared with you before when you do what I do, sometimes you, you search things. So I'm like, what is the history of clapping? Where do, why do we clap? You know, like, of all things. So I'm in my office yesterday, like, the history of applause, the history of clapping. It's crazy, because uh, some people look, it goes all the way back to, like, third century B.C. with the Romans, when they did these plays, and at the end of a play, somebody would actually stand up and say, applause, like a command. <laughs> so it goes all the way back to the Romans, about third century B.C. But what was, what was interesting is clapping is actually a communication tool. It's actually a communication tool, if you think about it, Right? So this morning, one of, the, one of the ways that we, one of the things we communicate is approval or celebration or joy. We've, we did a lot of that 
this morning, right? So you shared your testimonies. And I love, by the way, in case you don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, in case you don't know, they don't know who's going to be selected to share a testimony. They don't know until she hands the mic or points. That's why they react that way. And so here's the thing. I, I always scare the congregation that I'm going to do that one Sunday. I was like, here you go. Share with Jesus. See, like, they're all like, oh, my gosh. He's not really going to do that, is he? I know we're going to do it. See, Reagan's like, give me the mic. I don't, you know, he, it's going to be this side of the room. You all try to hide over here. You guys are the crazy ones. So, so one of the things, the way we communicate is when it's, it's, it's up. It's, it's celebration. It's approval. It's like, woohoo, right? That's, we clap. Good concert, touchdown, whatever, right? We get that clapping, right? There's another element of clapping, communication, where we try to communicate Hey, I need your attention, right? Uh, when my kids were coming through elementary school, uh, sometimes we'd do functions over there, and I'd hear the teachers try to get the kids' attention. They'd say, hey, if you can hear me, clap once, right? So they'd say, hey, if you can hear me, clap once. Okay, so there's not a lot of people hearing me right now, probably. <laughs> yeah. Can you increase the volume on this thing? Because I said, if you can hear me, clap once. Okay, see? Because all these little kids are like, it's like a miracle, right? This clap happens. It's like a miracle of attention, right? And so the power of clap is attention. Or if you've had kids or, you know, you clap to get their attention, right? Right? Okay, lovingly turn in the pecs to you and clap as if you're trying to get their attention. How do you do that? Like, right? See, I love that. Because there's, yeah, see, there's usually like physicality and maybe some, some, right? And then you add a little, hey, 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 hey. Isn't that funny? You can sync that, right? How many of your parents, right? You thought one clap would work? Nope. Hey, 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 So we clap to get attention. So there's, a, you know, clap because we're celebrating, clap to get attention. And then, you know, my kids, uh, they ran track. And there's a really cool communication tool with clapping, too. When, you know, usually it was a longer distance run. And I love high school track because everyone can run. And so sometimes in the longer races, some of the uh, athletes would just take a lot longer, right? So the best athletes would finish. And then usually it's like the mile, maybe the two mile. One or two athletes is just, you know, everyone's cleared and they're running. And what was really cool oftentimes is as they finish... They come around the home stretch. What do people start to do? Right? They just start to, they start to clap. What are they doing? It's motivation. It's encouragement. It's like, hey, support. We're with you. We're with you, right? And, and, and it's a different vibe to the clap. And, it, and there's a powerful communication, right? So you have this clapping. Woo-hoo! You have, hey, 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 hey. And you're like, come on. Come on. Question. Which clap do you need today? Which one do you need today? You might need all of them at some point today. <laughs> right? You might, need, you might need all of them. And here's the thing. This, if you want to clapping because of who we are in Christ, sometimes I need to remind myself just to clap of who I am in Christ. Sometimes if I'm going through something, I need that, hey, hey, hey. 
Usually it's, hey, 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 right? <laughs> Anyone ever have one of those? You're trying to get your own attention like, hey, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Right? And sometimes I need the, come on, dude. Come on. Hang in there. It's okay for myself. And then the crazy thing is God puts us in the church. And because he knows we need people to celebrate with us. And we need brothers and sisters in the church who are going, hey, 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 right? Hey, hey. We need people around us who will clap to get our attention because we got our blinders on. And, and we've decided that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And along comes Mark and says, hey, wake up. You're, you're being deceived. You're being blinded. Right? And then sometimes we need people who are going to see us rounding the bend. And we feel like quitting. And they almost don't even, don't even really need to say anything. It's just, just clap. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. One more day. Just put one, one, one more foot. In front of the other. Right? And so I, I want to encourage you, right? We are complete. You can put that up. Right? Right? See? Y'all. See? Y'all are fun. I wish you could see my, my perspective. Because you started that and some people are like, what are they doing? Okay. And then all of you, by the time you're like, uh, like this, all these smiles. I like this. I like this. We got to clap more. It's good news. It's good news. Outside of these walls, Jesus says we will have trials and tribulations. It's a given. Okay. My encouragement to you, when, you're, when needed, you clap. You are complete, you are loved, you are accepted, and you are pleasing. 24-7, 365. It's who you are in Christ. Okay? And then you get people around you who will give you the claps you need. You put those people around you. People to cheer you on and celebrate with you. The people to get your attention. And the people who are just going to... Be the slow, steady. You can do this. We are with you to the end. We are with you to the end. We're going to get to the finish line together. Amen? Right? So here's what we're going to do in just a second. Bill's going to come up and lead us into communion. Uh, But what I did is uh, I asked Eileen, we made these cards, the clap cards for you. And I encourage you to take one or a couple and... We, I did this years and years ago, and you know, some people put it up on their bathroom window and their car, wherever, just as a reminder. So what we did is we put them up here at the communion table. And uh, the way we do communion is uh, we're going to come up, Bill's going to come up, but you can come up out of your rows, uh, grab a communion cup, and if you want, you can. You don't have to, but you, they're available. And then you just go back to your seat and, and spend time in reflection on uh, who you are in Christ. And then we'll, uh, we'll be dismissed. So, Father, thank you that in Christ we are complete, loved, accepted, and pleasing. Thank you, Jesus, that you 
identify with us. Thank you, Jesus, that you understand us. Thank you, Jesus, that in you, we are whole. In you, we have everything we need. And yet at times, life can be rough. And we can lose focus. We can drift. We can slide back in the, the old patterns, perhaps. And so thank you that in those moments today, you give us a tool that we can clap. We can clap on our own, and then we can have people around us who can clap for us and with us. So thank you. And my prayer uh, for us this morning as we prepare for communion is that we would spend a few moments and, and really just sit before you. And if you are here and you have never put your faith in Jesus, I pray that this morning you would. We've heard incredible lyrics of the songs. We've heard incredible testimonies. And Lord, you've spoken through your word. And however you would do it, I pray you would speak to somebody here or at home or listening later. That today is the day of salvation. That you would receive God's gift of salvation by putting your faith in Jesus alone for salvation. So Father, thank you that we are saved by grace and not by works. And Father, as we prepare for communion, I pray, Lord, that it would be an incredible time of remembrance. There are two ordinances in the church given to us from the Word of God. One is baptism that we're going to celebrate in just a few moments. Amen? The other is communion, which we are all going to participate in in just a moment. And as we prepare our hearts this morning for communion, I can think of no better way to do that than to be reminded that Jesus lives and he changes lives. Because today, you see, we've had and we have seen and we have participated in what? The proclamation that Jesus, the Christ, is Lord. Thank you for the amen. That is an amen. So as we still our hearts for just a moment in preparation to take communion, close your eyes if you'd like to. Just prepare your heart as this scripture is read. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this morning, and ladies, because you're not familiar probably with our tradition here, we're going to get out of our seats and we're going to come forward and we're going to take a communion cup. I'd like to do this fairly solemnly, if you will, thinking about remembering Jesus Christ as Lord, the Lord of your life. Take the cups and go back to your seats. Even thinking about the clap, take a clap card if you would, if you choose to. And in quietness, just go back to your seat. And when everybody has been seated and has a cup, we'll pray and then we will take communion, acts church-oriented together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen? So come forward Take the communion cups back to your seats. When you're seated, I'll pray. We'll take communion together. Goodness of God. 
Father God, thank you for your presence in this place this morning, God. Lord, we are taking this communion meal together as a church family, brothers and sisters in Christ, God. Because we are complete in you. You asked us to do this, God, in remembrance of you, Lord Jesus. And so that's what we do this morning. We remember you through how you have spoken to each one of us here, how we have listened to stories this morning, God, of radically changed lives that only you could do. And so, God, we want to remember you, your goodness, you are so good to us, your faithfulness, because, God, you are so faithful. And so, God, as we remember your character, your example, And the truth of who you are in our lives, Lord. We take the cup and we take the bread in remembrance of you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, I want you to say this like you believe it. God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. So we are going to celebrate two things. Uh, as soon as we're done, I hope every single human being in this uh, room will walk out to the patio. We are going to celebrate the uh, baptism of Reagan, and then we are going to celebrate our sisters out there who, again, get to know them. They have great goods out there and pictures. And I really encourage everyone who is not with Team Teen Challenge, I really encourage you to walk up and introduce yourself and meet one of these ladies We all have stories. Ladies, we've heard some of your stories. Every one of you has a story. So do you. And so share your stories with one another. Take the effort. Walk up. And ladies, if they don't, you go grab somebody and say, Hi, I'm so-and-so, and and let me tell you my story, okay? God bless you guys. Come join us outside. As they're going off the thing, I just want to have a couple announcements. I just want to let you know from the the Pagaset family, wanted to thank everybody that came to the memorial of the celebration of life of Pat. It was such an awesome time, and um, Kathy just said thank you, and she was extremely humbled about how much love was shown here. And that's what we are as a family. We're a family of followers of Jesus, and she just wanted to say thank you. Uh, Next announcement, it has directly to deal with Team Challenge. Um, so we, we love you guys, as you know. And once a month, and this is not open for the men, I'm sorry, but some ladies go down to Team Challenge and pray with you guys. And we need um, some more volunteers. And if you have any questions, you can contact myself, Linda, or Sue. But they say every time they go down, you guys take over the prayers. And they get so blessed. And like Pastor Richie was saying, every time we go down to do chapel for you guys, we get blessed. I mean, we just want to thank you. I mean, 
I wish this could spread amongst all of our congregation, how passionate you guys are following Jesus. So thank you very much. So if you're interested in praying with these wonderful ladies, please let me know. We go down once a month, and it's usually at 11 o'clock during the weekdays. Thank you. Hmm? Oh, sorry. We don't want this to be a disruptive service, and I forgot to just dismiss the kids. So Kingdom Kids, what time is it? Come on, somebody yell out. Kingdom Kids. Okay. Good morning. Uh, We have a few photos from yesterday. We went to the Ojai Valley Meadows next to Nordoff. There was a small group of us that went, um, but it was worthwhile. It was a beautiful day. We served our community. We connected with people there from the Ojai Valley Land Conservancy. They were very appreciative of us being there. Um, So it was just a great way to uh, be outdoors uh, to serve our community and to love our neighbors. So thank you for those who came. It was a great time out there. So I did want to just remind the women again, um, and you all are welcome to come next Saturday night. We're having a worship time, a worship evening just for the women. It's going to be a little more intimate and relaxed and hopefully a little freer uh, just for the women to get together and sing and pray. It's not going to be weird. It's not going to be crazy. It's just going to be the women, though. And so we'll kind of try this for our church here and see how it goes. But last week, um, I wrote in my notes that Richie had talked about that the Lord delights in us. So this is a time for us to come and delight in him. So I hope you all can come. Thank you. So just a few other announcements. Um, the well is providing 20 lunches for help of Ojai on May 8th. They're going to be made on May 7th. If you would like to help make them or bring ingredients and all that kind of stuff, there's a sign up out on the welcome cart. And Cindy Mullins is leading that up. And you can contact Cindy or put your name out on that welcome cart. Uh, the welcome card. Um, I want to talk about Mexico. We're having a big barbecue next uh, Sunday right after church. Um, it's to raise money for the trip that we have coming up in uh, June. We have 25 people going down. We're going to build two houses down there. And it's really um, an amazing ministry. But I want to talk to you a little bit about youth with a mission. And frankly, why do we go and what is the need down there? Um, this is just some data. Uh, you know, Richie talked about when he introduced and talked to us about why, what we're doing here today, that ladies, you guys have stuff in your life. Church, we're all the church, but we all have stuff in our lives. And folks, the folks that we go down, the families that we go down and build homes for, honestly, they have stuff in their lives and they have circumstances that are circumstances that frankly most of us simply can't relate to. So the need gets down to a child without a home is three times more likely not to attend school. Children without adequate shelter suffer more from anxiety, depression, withdrawal, and other mental health problems. 25% of Mexicans are classified as extremely poor and unable to afford adequate food or housing. 
45% of the entire Mexican population lives below the poverty line. The things that happen when we go down, you're looking at some pictures of just the circumstances that the families that we are going down to build for live in before we go down and build homes for them. The five things that us building a home for these families does, one is that a debt-free home helps, helps a family leverage out of poverty, and it's estimated that it sets them ahead economically seven to ten years in their lives. Children who come back to a home at the end of a day that their parents own are three times more likely to stay in the school and get an education. A home simply with a solid floor, a cement floor, reduces parasitic infections by 78%. It reduces diarrhea by 50%, and it dramatically improves the cognitive development of children. Home ownership produces healthy long-term thinking in the life of a family, helping to break the cycle of poverty in one generation. And lastly, and most importantly, the gift of a home that costs them nothing on land that they own is a practical demonstration of God's love to an impoverished family. That's why we go do what we do. And we need you. We need you. Uh, we have a lot of you going. Uh, we need you to be praying. And we need you, frankly, to give. And that's what the barbecue is about next week. So we really encourage you to join up. Um, I've got the sign-up sheet right here. I'm going to put it back out on the, uh, on the uh, welcome cart. We've got one page full. We've got a second page started. We've got a third empty page behind this. I would love to see every name sitting here. And ladies, I guess you probably can't come, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody else in this room, I want to see your name on here. So I'll put it back out there. And thanks for, uh, for joining in and helping us with that. Two other quick announcements. We, are, we have the joy of having a baptism right after service, like literally right after service. So we invite you to join us out on the patio. All of the refreshments and everything is going to be out there. And we also have an awful lot of opportunity to interact with the ladies of Teen Challenge. They have a lot of really wonderful items that are for sale in supporting their ministry. So after service, everybody needs to head out to the patio for a baptism immediately and to enjoy our time with our sisters in Christ. So um, with that, Richie. Great.